Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. The messy middle. Let's get right down to business. This episode will be a fitting follow-up to the previous called Two Rewards and a Consequence. I shared an elaborate goals structure for 90-day SMART goals on that past episode, and that's what I'm personally doing. I didn't want it to necessarily be what you're doing. Yes, you can, absolutely. But each of us is unique and responds to goal setting differently. I know that I've covered these stats before, but listen to them again and take heed. 83% of people do not set goals. 14% do set goals, but they don't write them down. These 14% that do set goals are 10 times more successful than the non-goal setters. Get that? 83% do not set goals. 14% set goals but don't write them down. They're 10 times more successful. Then there's 2% that set goals and write them down. These goal super achievers are 30 times more successful than non-goal setters. Then there's the focused few, the 1% that have goals, write them down, and are held accountable to achieving them. This 1% club is over 100 times more successful than the non-goal setters. The takeaway should be abundantly clear. You don't have to do it the way that Ken does it, but you do need to set goals, write them down, and get into accountability. If you don't, you'll wander aimlessly with the 83%. And let me also be clear, I never said the 83% were unsuccessful. Many of them do extremely well, and many of them do not. These stats simply show that the average of the non-goal setter group pales in comparison to the focused few that have the goals. Now, I would like to introduce a concept to you. It's called the messy middle. I referred to it in this podcast before. I'll describe it first outside of cleaning. This is my wife's project right now. You are fed up with the state of your home. It's cluttered and full of 20 years of kid stuff, trinkets, unused furniture, books, and more books, papers, keepsakes, and so on. This has been mounding up for years and nothing you do ever seems to reduce the size. It just grows. Notice that I didn't say that the kids themselves were the clutter. You feel tight and stressed every day you walk through your home and you see it. Is this a hoarder's episode? No, this is nowhere near that. But it's bad and stressful and a major eyesore to you. 
probably your family doesn't notice, especially your husband, like me. Yes, I do notice that the clutter is growing, but I know that it affects women more than men. Clutter has been shown by studies that it absolutely increases stress levels in women. You've finally had it. I am going to declutter this house. I'm going to get rid of all the junk, all of it. I'm going to create space. I'm going to have peace back in my home. There's an I've had it moment. This happens in way more than just your house. It's in your health or weight, your relationships, your finances or debt, your business, your job. Do you relate? Back to the decluttering project. You've proclaimed your new goal. The thought of a decluttered and minimized home sounds like paradise. You get excited. In fact, you get really, really, really excited. You are ready to bag everything and tear down drywall and personally lift dressers by yourself to accomplish this goal. Adrenaline is rising. It's the beginning, and you have a new goal's dopamine spike. Have you ever been there? You can see what it will look like in the end. You're visualizing it, and you begin. You're a few days into the project. The work is uh, getting cumbersome, monotonous. You're starting to struggle with decision fatigue on what to get rid of and what to keep. Do you keep this beautiful work of art from 12 years ago that simply says, I love you, mommy, in green crayon on red construction paper? There's no date, no name, but you know who did it, and now they are driving a car. Even though the work is getting to be work, you're still excited as you can see the finish line in your mind. You visualize the end. You keep going. It's uh, week three now. You've been finding excuses to not do the decluttering project as there is always something more exciting or more important to do. You still want to do the declutter. You've got bags and boxes around the house to be sorted or taken to goodwill. You see the mess in front of you because it's always getting messier after you start. Let me say that one more time. It always gets messier after you start. The clutter was always there, but it had a place. Now you've taken the charge to expose the clutter for the villain it is. You set the goal and you started, but weariness and doubts and fears and compromise eek in. Day by day, the project grows wearier. This is the testing period to see what you're made of. Are you going to hold them or are you going to fold them? Most people will quit or give up at this point because it just got too messy or it just got too hard. It's not really worth it. I have other things to do that are more important. I don't deserve to have a decluttered house like my friends down the road. Doubts, fears, excuses rise up to judge yourself. 
you are in the fire right now. What are you going to do? You look at the mess. You can't see the vision you once had just a few weeks ago. Or or can you? Can you grab onto it again? Oh, wait. What's that notebook over there? It's the journal you started on this project. There it is. You grab it and open it to page one. You poured out your heart about your lack of structure and the clutter in your home. You wrote down the goal on page one. You described how you and the family will feel once it's done. You regain your why. You shared how determined you were to complete this for the first time in your life. You were not going to be stopped. Tears start trickling down your cheek. The goal reignites in your heart. You get your fire back. You write a new page in your journal entitled The Messy Middle. Here I am right now in a heap of mess and tears at this journal. I started the decluttering project like I have so many other times and failed. But this time I won't. I am going to follow through on this goal. I'm going to win. Yes, there is an absolute mess of papers, broken parts, old electronics, toys, stuff I may need in 17 years. This mess is my messy middle. I am in the wasteland of the messy middle. I almost gave up in despair, fear, doubt, and the cares of other more important things to do. But not this time. Not this time. I will finish strong and prove to myself that I can succeed. I will hold on to this goal. That was all the fire that you needed as you crush through the next two weeks of decluttering. You orchestrate your family members to move stuff out to the curb, take bags to Goodwill, clean up, take care of meals while you're working. You see the project turn the corner from absolute mess to space. Hmm, there's space there. I can see the floor again. I can see the wall again. It's space. It's beautiful. Keep going. You catch your first glimpse of the end. A new fire kindles. You take more action and get closer. You see the end point even closer. The light at the end of the dark tunnel is getting brighter. You race toward the end, taking more and more action. The family gets out of your way as they take over all the household everything as mom is in beast mode, says dad. You press, you toss, you slide, you cry, you finish the job. It's done. The goal is complete. Your life is forever changed. You fought through the messy middle to go from initial excitement to completed excitement. You beat the statistics. Most people don't set goals. You heard that part already. Most people quit when it gets too hard, but not you, not today. The messy middle applies to every goal and every good thing you'll ever take on. Here are some other examples outside of decluttering your house. How about pregnancy for the moms? The initial news is amazing. 
holding your baby in your arms is amazing. But what about month two with sickness? Or month seven carrying extra weight everywhere and miserable? I am clearly not a mom. (laughs) And you're wondering, Ken, what do you know about what you just said? Okay, well, first of all, I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. (laughs) Sorry, I had to slip that in there. Look, I'm a dad, and I've been with my wife side by side for five pregnancies. So I have seen a lot. Let's go to the sports analogy. For the guys listening to this, perhaps, that are like, okay, pregnancy, home decluttering, give me something I can actually understand. Okay, here you go, guys. Sports. A new football season starts, and that football season starts day one after the Super Bowl, by the way. The team is jacked. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year for sure. They get into the two-a-days with no problem, the winter practices, and all the different things they do. I couldn't list them out. But there's a ton of work that starts day one. Yeah, they get a little time with their family, but they're back to work. It's a full year's job. But then you keep pushing through after the draft, and they start getting into the toughest parts of the training camps, and you go into these like two-a-days, no problem, right? Or wrong. They were excited on day one about winning the Super Bowl. It's a whole year away, the potential of holding that Lombardi trophy. And they wane a little bit on excitement. The middle of summer and 97 degree heat waves hit practice camp. The goal is a long, long way off. And they haven't started preseason, nor have they started playing any regular season games yet. Oh, and by the way, the NFL just added another game to the schedule. I think just last year, so now they're up to 17. Strength and conditioning, training, all that work in the messy middle. It's so vital because one little injury somewhere in the preseason or game one or game nine can absolutely destroy your Super Bowl chances. It's grueling. It's the messy medal for the NFL. But they make it through the season. They win the championship, right? No, now it's the playoffs. 32 teams complete the year, 17 games, but only 14 of them in the new playoff structure make the playoffs. Seven from each conference. And out of the seven from each conference, one of them will represent their conference and play for the Lombardi Trophy. And then it's the Super Bowl. And the one that loses went all that distance and still didn't win the championship. So they go home as losers and they do it all again. And then the one that wins holds up the Lombardi Trophy and they've done it. They've climbed the mountain. They've achieved the goal they set out to achieve. And you see the statistics on that. One out of 32 will even hit the goal. Isn't that crazy? They all had goals. They all wrote them down. They all held themselves accountable. I would imagine every team has a pretty insane goal structure to achieve that major goal. I mean, this is the NFL. And in the NFL, only 3% will actually obtain their goal, you know, that one out of 32 every year. And then some teams like the Patriots have such a winning culture back in the day that they would win multiple. But there was that time in the middle for every team. And quite frankly, if you're the worst team in the league, you could be in the messy middle 
for, say, a decade rebuilding. Or if you're a team that's constantly rebuilding, you're in the messy middle for developing and growing your team toward that goal. Okay, let's move away from decluttering and pregnancy and football. How about starting a new cleaning company? And it's only you doing the cleaning. You get so excited to start, you want to have the flexibility and the freedom that a fully optimized solo cleaning business can produce. Or maybe you want the freedom that a fully staffed multi-million dollar company can. Yeah, you've heard the podcast, Smart Cleaning School. You've heard Ken's story, how he made 50000 or 70000 part-time a couple days or a couple nights a week in his own cleaning company. That sounds awesome. No employees. I would love to be an optimized solo cleaner. Or you like the idea of just the flexibility. You don't care if it makes you $100,000. You just want to make twenty, thirty thousand part-time and you want to add some income to your family, or you want to grow it big, seven figures. You've heard the experts on this podcast being interviewed, reaching seven figures, a million dollars, two million dollars, five million dollars, ten million dollars, the freedom that comes with that, the traveling. You can get out of any situation you're currently in. This is new. It's exciting. You're ready to start. But like I've shared... In a previous episode, February is coming. February is coming. It will be cold, very cold. It will be dark, very dark. And the only light will happen while you're in a house cleaning. Trust me, I have been there a long time. You'll get complaints and you'll feel like you're not making enough money. You'll feel the pain of this horrible decision to start a cleaning business on the side to help your family. You wonder why you ever started. What was I thinking? This was stupid. Why did I do this? Why am I here? I don't want to be here. It's February. Or maybe you quit your job because things were going well and it's February and you're in the first winter season, the messy middle, and it's testing time for you. Are you going to go back to your job or are you going to press through February? This is the most critical time for you. What will you decide when you're there? What will you do? Will you dig deeper and work harder? Will you dig out your journal again and read your heart poured out on paper telling of all you'll do once you hit this goal? It's up to you. All I can do is promise you that it will happen. You will go through this. As I said earlier, it always gets messier after you start. What's your alternative go back to the life you used to have do you want to give up no you don't want to give up you want to change your life you know that the plan to hit your cleaning goals with the help of the smart cleaning school is solid you just need to keep going and taking action it's only a matter of time the light at the other end of the tunnel will be dim at first or you might not even see it but you will recognize it as you take action through the messy middle. 
You will get that new client or shave off 30 more minutes from a clean. It'll get a little brighter. You will get a testimonial that will make you cry. It'll get a little brighter. You will hire the next right employee to fit and fill the team. It'll get a little brighter. You will start winning and that light will brighten, brighten, brighten. And so will your spirits. You will get excited and start charging faster and harder, faster and harder. I've been there, Smart Cleaning School. And I've told you how to do it from the other side. I've interviewed several successful top one percenters on this podcast. And I've asked them how they did it. And they have shown you how they have done it. And have gone before you and accomplished the same goals. Will you believe me? Will you believe us, the collective from the Smart Cleaning School, from the cleaning industry that have gone before you and have won? There's 50,000 new people coming into the cleaning industry every year right now. 50,000. Just like there's 32 teams coming into an NFL season. There's 50,000 new cleaning companies coming into a new cleaning season. Do you know how many of those cleaning companies make it to the million-dollar mark? Not many. Does that mean you don't go for it? Heck no, because along the way to a million-dollar company, hey, what Ken has done isn't that bad, right? How about this solo-optimized business? You can get out of a job if you're in one. You can leave it. The part-time gig that's making you 30, 40, 50 grand cleaning houses or cleaning offices, you can take that to 60, to 70, to $100,000 per year part-time with no employees. And then you can scale. I'm doing it now. You can scale and earn $100,000 or more and go somewhere with your family for a month like I took mine to Florida and we're doing it again. There is a bright, bright light at the other end of this tunnel. You gotta choose to start. You've got to choose to then fight when it gets messy. And you've gotta choose to finish what you started. Whew. Okay, guys, that was intense. That was intense. Have you just started your cleaning business or thinking about it? Or are you in the messy middle right now? Would you like some encouragement? I would love it if you would go on my website, Smart Cleaning School, and book a free coaching call with me. Tell me where you're at, and I will be glad to share some of the experiences and the lessons I've learned to teach you and to give you some encouragement. Or maybe we just work together on setting a simple goal for you to get through this next phase of the messy middle. Because you have to climb through the junk of that room we talked about, of that cluttered room. You got to climb over boxes. You want to see how you move the next box? Make sure to check out all the other free and paid resources of the Smart Cleaning School as the podcast and the video library and the different resources on the resources page. They can all help you through that messy middle or it can help you start a business. There's a quick start guide. So I encourage you to check that out. Book a call with me and Listen, that was a super fun episode for me to do. I've been wanting to do that one for a long time. So I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really hope it got you thinking and it got you excited. Because 
It's better to know that you're going to face the messy middle than to get blindsided because we know February is coming, right? And so I'm telling you, the messy middle is coming. You just got to fight through it. Have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. 